Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to play our favorite game. All right, we have to cut the music because of copyright infringement. Um, we're going to play Would You Rather, but for fantasy basketball. Uh, I'm Jared Russo. I am the co-host of the Supermax podcast, a show about fantasy basketball through the prism, the lens of salary cap leagues. And uh, you're listening to the or old hoop ball, but new sports ethos network. And uh, we're going to play a game and hopefully the people who made match game will not sue us. Uh, even though this game show is based off of the dating game, we'll get into it. I'm here with my other co-host, Mr. Jared Ross King. Hello. You can hear or the hello. music. Okay. Right. I did that. Okay. Yeah. You know, I could hear the music. I, don't, I didn't have a soundboard. I don't, it's, it's gone now. I know. Cause must, I didn't want to get sued. It must've been copyright infringed, but it's over now. Yes. And we're here with our favorite guest, Professor John. Hello. Are you ready for this game? I have no way of knowing that because you've given us so <laughs> about it. Um, That's how I like it. But I'm on the call, so I guess so. <laughs> Perfect. So here's what's going to happen. The entire episode will be a would you rather take this player or this player. Mr. Jared Ross King will text his responses to me or type them through Messenger. And then when I have it, Professor John will out loud say his answer. And if you two match, you both get a point. Sweet. Makes sense. It's that simple. So we're trying to uh, see if we value players the same way? You're both trying to agree, which is based on the dating game, which is a game show for many decades in which couples would write down answers on a board and then see if they had the same answer because they wanted to be on the same page. Right. Now, you two are not dating. It's just about would you rather. Wait, what? We're not? No. But what if I don't know about being on the same page with Jerry? (laughs) Wow. I care about being on the same page with you. Well, well, why is that? Because if we're not, because I respect you. you. Oh, but we'll both get the players we want in our draft in a in a month or two. If we're not, everything will. If we're all, everything will change by then. Plus, plus, John. The truth (laughs) is, all I have to do is name a spur, and I get the answer right and match it with you. So that's all I've got to do in this. Just say Jacob Puddle like a million times, and we're good. It's pronounced Purtle. I can't it's believe that. There's no pronounced. R's in it. Yeah, there are no R's. I, 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 I refuse well, to call him that. Well, Austria is going to be pretty upset with you. Oh, that's Austria. Angry Austrians. <laughs> Austria didn't know I existed until they got angry with me. So, okay. All right. Let's do an... I was going to say an easy one, but this isn't that easy. Actually, this is pretty difficult. I'm looking at my rankings of the best value top 120 top 100 and this is a a private exclusive list that I will be updating until it's available uh, I feel like on the premium level of sportsethos.com the only people who have seen this host this podcast weekly I will not be revealing too much more information but I will be using this 
to make edits to this list. So these would you rather's are really a good way of sort of figuring out if I have certain players in the right spot. Maybe I don't. Maybe people will, will rise or fall based off of the feedback. So first up, two very highly ranked players who make more than $30 million who are young superstars and MVP caliber players. Mm. Would you rather draft in a salary cap league, Luka or Jokic? Oh, man. I So, uh, Mr. Rossi. Yeah, no, I typed the answer because I thought you were going to say Trey Young for some reason. No. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, this is easy. Mm. He may or may not show up later. So I sent I sent my answer and it's done. Okay. All right, Professor John, you can now reveal your answer. Talk it out, Luca. Um, Luca still has upside and a ceiling, um, and I think. Remind me the other option. <laughs> Jokic. Jokic. Yeah, I mean Jokic still kind of has upside too, but we also. His workload is going to be, um, you know, Michael Porter's coming back, presumably healthy. I mean, that's a big presumption. Uh, Jamal Murray's coming back healthy. Uh, Aaron Gordon's there. KCP's there. I mean, I can huh. see Jokic still putting up um, solid numbers, and he's put up fantastic numbers the last two years. But, like, he is firmly in his prime. Luca is still on the upward trajectory into his prime, and that's why I'm drafting Luca. Mr. Jared Ross King, I will award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Why? Why? The moment that you the moment that you said Aaron Gordon as a reason to not draft Jokic, I'm like, no. Jokic has to compensate for Aaron Gordon's existence so much that like that ups his value. On one end of the court, on the other, it's Aaron Gordon doing all the compensation. I mean, fine, sure, <laughs> but anytime somebody uses Aaron Gordon as as a reason, it better be a reason like it better be against Aaron Gordon in a, in a whole. Because I've seen him play; he was in Orlando for years, and he won a dunk contest. Or no, he came in second. No, he, he didn't. Should have won that dunk contest. He should have won. He won in the hearts of everybody, and that's about all he did well for Orlando. So, John, I'm sorry. I said Jokic because that's the correct answer. No, I'm actually going to go the other way. I think uh, Professor John is correct. Have you seen photos of Skinny Luca? He's in shape, dude. Yeah. And this is actually – that's actually what Jokic did, what, two years ago before his MVP year. He slimmed down, got in shape, and then played the best basketball of his career for two years straight. Also – on the subject of Aaron Gordon, first of all, there's a lot of players who have left Orlando and been a lot better for it. <laughs> and second of all, uh, when Aaron Gordon got traded to Denver, that lineup of Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, Jokic, um, Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, Jokic, and uh, Michael Porter Jr. like kicked the crap out of everybody for the week before Jamal Murray tore up his knee. But, like, it was something like 19 points per 100 possessions or something that they were outscoring their opponents. And, you know, it was a a big jump, even from just 
Porter, Gort, uh, Porter, Jokic, and Murray. So, like, Gordon is part of that formula. It's remarkable to me that uh, they did that in spite of Aaron Gordon being in the lineup. <laughs> I think that's the most amazing thing about that lineup to me, that those guys did so well with Aaron Gordon out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I have to say about that. Now, looking at the numbers, more total points and a higher average for Jokic. But Jalen Brunson's on my Knicks. And I don't think Christian Wood's filling that role. I don't know, man. That's that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Let's get to the next question. Two more young players making $30 million. Would you rather this year in a salary cap league have Trey Young or Jason Tatum? And now while one person oh. sends me their answer, I will uh, copyright free sing. Match game is great. Professor John, you ever watch Match Game? No. Oh, such a good show. Okay, it's in. All right, the answer's in. Professor John, who would you rather have? I'm going Tatum. This is a rough one, but I'm going Tatum mostly because, uh, you know, Atlanta's run their whole offseason to take a workload off Trey Young. They have, you know, DeJounte Murray so that they can actually take Trey Young off the floor uh, at times and give him a breather. And also, I mean, you look at the usage rates of Trey Young and DeJounte Murray both last year. I mean, obviously in crunch time, Trey Young's going to have the ball, but they, they brought on a really high usage guard. And I think Atlanta will be better for it if they spread things around a little bit more, obviously they'll be better for it on the defensive end. Um, and while I like what the um, Boston did with their offseason as well, like adding Gallinari, adding Brogdon, giving up like what Daniel Tice was like the only ro- player even sniffing their rotation that they gave up. Um, but those guys are binge pizzas. Those guys are not going to take a load off Tatum. Um, and Tatum's still going to be the alpha of the offense. Trey Young's still going to be the alpha of the offense in Atlanta. Um, but I think their usage is going to be more comparable. And I just think Tatum's going to be a little bit more efficient. Now, I will point out that this is pre-Kevin Durant trade, where Jalen Brown would be going. Uh, that's obviously pure speculation on my part. And I think Jason Tatum just gave an interview like today where he was like, oh, I was hurt during the playoffs, so excuse, excuse. I will award you both one point because Mr. Ross King also said Tatum. Because of all the reasons John said, that was like spot on, so well done. I don't have anything to add to it because it would just be repeating everything he said. Um, He took took the note that I gave about being wrong about Luca and said, you know what, it's time to be right about one of these matchups and dead on. Everything. Well done, John. Love it. It was painful because I actually don't like Tatum as a player, but <laughs> I also am not the biggest Trey Young fan either. It doesn't right. matter, but like, fantasy. But like you it. said, like you said, they tried to take Tatum is still the alpha that will get all the usage. Whereas in Atlanta, they are trying to lower his usage by getting guys like Murray in there. So a hundred percent 
That is the correct answer. I'm not a judge on this yes. show, but I am going to act like one for the moment. Good job, John. I, I would also agree. The next, would you rather? Two guys who make less than $20 million who are still sneaky young. Would you rather have DeMontis Sabonis or DeJounte Murray? Waiting for the official response. Okay, you you sending hmm is not an answer. (laughs) I didn't think this one was going to be so hot. Okay, the answer is in. Professor John, who would you rather have? I'm going to go with Sabonis, and not just because he was my first round pick last year, but because basically all the reasons I said I wasn't going with Trey Young are the same reasons I wasn't going with DeJounte Murray. Just as much as DeJounte Murray was a really high usage player in San Antonio last year, now he's going to play with one of the most high usage players in the league. So, yeah, I uh, I think Sabonis, I mean, He's going to be sharing the floor with Fox. That's that, oh my gosh, that team's going to be such a sieve on defense. Um, but I mean, Sabonis is going to be, you know, what, the hub. I mean, he's going to put just as much, you know, volume usage, everything as he did in Indiana or more. And I believe his numbers were pretty high even after a sacrament after he after the trade. So. Yeah, I'll go with Sabonis. But what if I told you that Murray was being paid $2 million less? Would that swing you? Um, Maybe. I think if you told me Trey Young still had the ankle injury he had in the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago, that would play me. (laughs) Because then DeJounte Murray's getting all the usage he wants. But no, that's that's my concern is I I think from a basketball standpoint, I would take the guy who actually can play defense, which is DeJounte Murray. But from a fantasy standpoint, I think the fantasy production is going to be higher from Demona Sabonis. Well, you guys need to get on the same page because uh, resident Atlanta sports fan, Mr. Ross King, you, you said DeJounte Murray. I'm only a sports fan of one Atlanta team. It's the Braves, who will, who will catch the Mets by the end of the season. Mark my words. No, they won't. Um, funny enough, though, I have half-season tickets to the Hawks because I love basketball. Um, uh, no. It, when I hear the word Sacramento Kings, I automatically run. Um, I know it's not a great argument, but it's my argument. Um, I, you know, I, I think DeJounte Murray playing off Trey Young is going to benefit him more than people are giving him credit for. Um, yeah, he's next to one of the highest usage guys in the NBA from last season. That usage rate is going down, though. That's something we just talked about in the last matchup between uh, Tatum and Trey Young, and that applies here to Murray. His usage, I don't think, it wasn't ridiculously high on the Spurs. Therefore, in my opinion, it's not going to change as drastically as one might expect. Um, also, Sacramento Kings are an automatic uh, – it to me so uh you know i picked dejounte murray but what i should have done is think about what john would say and i should have said no only speak for your own self speak from the heart 
that was from a heart answer, and I love it. I want disagreements. Although Professor John is correct, uh, some of the best fantasy options are what? on horrible teams. It put up good stats in garbage time. And, dude, the Spurs were Murray's. That was his team, and he got the benefit from it. He's going to someone else's team. And, I, that, I mean, he was the number one option, like, when I first made this list months ago. And the moment that trade happens, I was like, I don't know if he's a first-rounder anymore. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Sabonis. Not that my opinion matters or influences, because so far you guys are one for three. So let's try another one, all right? This one is the most interesting to me, personally. Both of these players are 20 years old. Both of these players went number one. Both of these players are making $10 million and change. And both these players have very similar fantasy seasons from last season. Would you rather have Cade Cunningham or Anthony Edwards? It's a hot one. It's a spicy one. Okay, the answer is in Professor John. Who would you have? I'm going Anthony Edwards. Um, I I am biased because he was on my team last year. He was my second rounder last year. But also, like, his trajectory, he has had just explosive development um, from year one to year two. Now he's going into year three. I, you know, we in our group chat have all, you know, gone at each other over the merits of the Go Bear trade, whatever. What we're not thinking about with fantasy is that KAT as a four is going to uh, make that offense crazy. The fact that he's going to be playing the four. Um, and I think that's going to merit extra attention that Anthony Edwards is just, he's on the development trajectory to make, to take advantage of that. He already like was doing some crazy stuff in the playoffs. Um, I don't know. There's a really good argument for Kate Cunningham. I just, I, I think I'm such an Anthony Edwards fan that I can't help going his direction. Well, you got paired with another Anthony Edwards fan because he also chose Anthony Edwards. You two are batting 500. I, we made a board bet on this show back in April, May, sometime. Me between me, I'm going to. Let's just between let's me, move on to the next. Between me and Jared. And uh, it was, I took Anthony Edwards. He don't, took Cat, who's going to have the most points. I am a huge Ant-Man supporter. Um, love the dude. He is going to blow up even more. Um, and... Paul Red's a good dude, too. So, uh, Ant-Man, all the way. <sighs> Those board bets are going to be the death of me. Uh, all right. You two for four. The people outside my window are honking. Let's nice. see if we can, we can keep this going. Two rookies. Both extremely young and making less than $9 million. Would you rather have Scotty Barnes or Evan Mobley? Neither one are rookies. Yeah, they were. They were. Let me rephrase. They were rookies. <laughs> okay. Um, now, waiting for the official response. I hear. Okay, I see typing. I see the three little dots. Okay, the response is in. Professor John, who would you rather have? All right. Certainly, from a basketball standpoint, I'd rather have Evan Mobley. 
My favorite player is Evan Mobley out of the two of them. I think from a fantasy standpoint, though, that I don't know if Scotty Barnes might have a better season. They're putting a lot of usage on him. He, I mean, they're even talking about dealing my man Anunoby potentially um, so that Barnes can, you know, play that big, you know, big wing slash uh, four role. But uh, I don't know. We keep, I've gone upside trajectory pretty much on everybody so far. So I'm going to keep it going. I, I just can't go against Evan Mobley. I'm somewhat shocked that you were wavering and landed with Mobley because I would have said Scotty Barnes, but this isn't about me. Mr. Ross King also said Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley. You two did it again. <laughs> Yeah, we did. No, I was concerned there because I was like, John, you're picking the wrong guy. But uh, no, he did the right one in the end, and that's what matters. So uh, three for five, what's up? I, I actually would take Scotty Barnes. Hey, you're allowed to be wrong. You also, uh, you know, you're a Knicks fan, so. I would rather take a player who is going to do more offensively than the defensive stalwart that Mobley's going to become. If I want to split hairs now, again, I'd, re- I'd happily take either, but if I'm going to split hairs for these like two, basically second round values, I would, I would slightly edge Scotty Barnes also because his half his team might be traded. You never know. Fair. You know? Yeah. I mean, certainly if there's a Durant trade that Barnes, you know, that my Masai Ujiri can keep Barnes out of, that would change a lot. Um, and you know, be, you know, there was some discussion that he might want out, that he might be on the block. But then, you know, you start looking at this time of year, how many more deals are going to be made? I mean, I'm going to keep sending fake trades to the group chat every day until training camp starts. But how many deal, deals are actually going to be made? I don't know. So I think if we look at the lineup of Toronto right now, I will, you know, if I want to just really just talk up and defend Jared and I's position uh, on Evan Mobley and why, why you might go against Scotty Barnes. I mean, I think Scotty Barnes is probably going to do some good stuff, but there are a lot of people on that Raptors team. I mean, the, the team is basically built so that everybody can do the same thing. <laughs> They're all six, eight, six, nine. They all can pass. They can all defend. They're all long. Uh, they can all finish above the rim. Um, and they all have hit and miss outside games, um, you know, really from two through five. They're basically all the same. And what that means is if after winning Rookie of the Year, Scotty Barnes gets more defensive attention, then his usage, usage can easily go to Pascal Siakam, OG, OG Anunoby. They just signed, you know, they signed Otto Porter this year. Thaddeus Young's on that team because he got traded there at the deadline. Um you got Gary Trent Jr., who had a great year last year for them. Yes, um, And, you know, that's a lot of people, again, doing this. Oh, even you got Precious and Sheila has developed a three-point shot. Um, so that's like five, six other dudes that sh- Scotty Barnes probably will be higher in the pecking order than them. Yeah, because he's the most important player on that franchise. Like, he, he is, he's the dude. But he is not the dude in Toronto in terms of – offensive workload 
the way DeJounte Murray was in San Antonio last year, the way Trey Young was in Atlanta last year, the way Luca is in Dallas. He is not, they do not have that big of a discrepancy. Um, he is the guy that they refuse to put in the trade, you know, in a trade for Durant or anybody else. So yeah, he is really important to them, but that doesn't mean that he's going to have a, you know, a usage comparable to a Jason Tatum. I mean, I don't know if, if Barnes or Mobley are going to have Jason Tatum usage, but just just an interesting thought experiment that you both agreed, but went against what I, I think. Almost like we have different thoughts because we're different people. Uh, this next one, I really try to work Zion in, but I'm going to skip that because that's like too... That's just, it's too weird of an anomaly of, of how much he makes, how good he is, where he's going. It's it just impossible to find like a, another matchup. So I'm going to go with two guys who are making basically 33 million, give or take. And they're both all stars. They both score a lot of points. Would you rather have James Harden or Carl Anthony Towns? Oof. And this is going to. Uh, really ignite another discussion that uh, me and, and JRK had uh, on a previous episode. Professor John, I don't know if you listened to the previous episodes. I did when y'all started, and life has gotten really busy. Sorry, dudes. Oh, no, that's fine, because <laughs> you don't know who either of us kind of stand on in, the, in that uh, we had a big James Harden versus Cat thing going on. So the official response is in. Professor John, who would you rather have? Cat, hands down. Oh, my I'm... God. <laughs> like, that's not even a question. Oh, the two of you. Oh, my God. I mean, and, I mean, it was probably really easy for Jared Ross King to get on the same page with me because he probably yep. knows just how much I loathe James Bard. <laughs> but like, Loathe is too weak a word. Yeah. Guys, he took like a $20 million pay cut. Are you kidding me? That's yeah, but he was awful. Yeah, like, I he mean, was awful the last part of the season. Like, he had like a couple of games where you're like, oh, this is like almost vintage James Harden. But that player that we saw uh, post the uh, the trade to Philly is not worth $33 million. Just forget about points. Okay, I'll, I'll even say that, you know, What's it? Maybe he gets in better shape. He took the pay cut. He's trying to prove people wrong. All that's great. He's in a contract year. Dude is how old? And he's thirty-two. Um, even if he, James Harden, I feel like we are about to see Cat at the four, and I can't imagine what wonderful goodness is in store when he is not wearing himself out, banging against centers on the other end of the court. Yep. Because he has the three-time defensive player of the year to do that for him. And instead, uh, he's conserving all his energy for the offensive end. He's already the greatest shooting big man of all time. He's going, you know, love Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards' contract is a better value. But Cat is going to be the guy who that offense runs through. Um, and... You know, I think we're about to see even bigger things. And even just from a who's entering their prime and who's about to leave it, well, James Harden's very clearly on the backside of his prime. Mm-hmm. And Cat, Cat is, you know, 
either entering or in the middle of his. So I hate uh, both of you. Before I, before I pass this off to to Ross King, real quick, James Harden scored more points last season, averaged more, and makes less money this year, and is in a contract year, and will not be as bad as he looked when the whole nonsense and rigmarole around his life went down. He's going to come in and he's going to he's going to get it done. He's going to be a great value. I will happily take him over Carl Anthony Towns because half his rebounds are gone because Rudy Gobert is there. So there you go. Yeah, but James Harden's breaking down. So, oh my god! So like you you may you make a fair point, but like uh, look, he, he Castle are going to score a lot. Gobert's not going to take away points, and if he does, something's going very wrong. Taking away his rebounds. Um, Okay, no, I, I'm not denying rebounds. I'm talking about points. And and he's not going to take away actual points on the court from Cat. He's only going to help in that regard. James Harden looked, I said awful, uh, like two minutes ago on this podcast. Uh, he looks abysmal for for almost his entire Philly tenor, uh, tenure uh, till they lost the second round. Now, that first I, week was awesome. That first week he uh, was there. I forgot the first week because that the rest of it was, was so good. bad. The rest of it was so bad. Um, this is this was an easy, easy answer, and John nailed it. So I tried. I tried to get John to be on my side, but we'll, we'll all right. Someone go into into our salary bible and in the uh, podcast prop bets, the board bets. Someone go and type that in uh, the James Harden versus Cat debate because now I have two people against me. You have two people who know what they're talking about against me. Two people who are against me. Now, while one of you is doing that, I'm going to set up our next would you rather. These are two interesting names that have nothing to do with each other. They are both very young. They are both on bad teams. They're both making less than $6 million. Would you rather have one of these two small forwards? Keldon Johnson or Franz Wagner? And I did this because one of you is a Magic fan and the other one is a Spurs fan. Let's see if your allegiances actually lie or if you're going to take the correct fantasy option. Wow, okay. The uh, the answer is in. Professor John, who would you rather have? Keldon Johnson. <laughs> and why is that? Well, for one, Franz Wagner's entering his second year, and he's entering, and he's on a team that has a wide. It's still figuring itself out. They have a wide variety of options, and they just drafted number one overall pick, Paolo Banchero, and everybody's saying their whole offense is going to run through him. Kelvin Johnson is the only proven offensive weapon the Spurs have left, and he is further into his career. He just signed his big contract extension. Um, the only player the Spurs are really locking up. So while I think Magic Games will probably be, well, no, actually there's not that much defense left on the Spurs either. So they'll probably both be, you know, both are going to be doing most of their damage in game on unwinnable games. But I think, yeah, I think Kelvin Johnson is probably going to put up better fantasy numbers. Now, I agree with you 100%. 
because of everything you just said. Gold medal winner, Keldon Johnson, is the only thing making the Spurs not lose every game. But Magic Homer, JRK, picked Franz Wagner. In the words, so typical. In the immortal words of Adam Relakbar, it's a trap. It was not a it's trap. It's a trap. It it's a really easy a trap. Question. Get out of here. <laughs> He's on a loaded roster now. There's a ton of dudes. I wish that was a loaded roster. It's not quite yet. A loaded roster of young people who need to prove themselves, whereas Kellen Johnson's with four guys off the street. I'm sorry, three guys and, and Yaka Pertl. Um Podal. Kellen Johnson's Potal. the only thing they got. Politil. Paltal. Politics. Pertle. There's no R. No, I hate it. And Jared Ross, can you don't get to add both Wagner Brothers stats together. That's about the only way that I think he even makes this a contest. Well, if you both Mo and Franz Wagner's stats together. Franz Wagner did score more points last season, Mm. but that was because DeJounte Murray was on the Spurs and he's no longer on the Spurs. That was a really easy one, and I can't believe you fell for it. I followed my heart on that one, and I do not yeah, regret it. that's you should have followed your brain. All right. Now here's the trap. That wasn't a trap. This is the trap. Would you rather have Chet Holmgren or Paulo Banquero? Paulo's making about $2 million, like less than $2 million more. He's one year younger. Um... I'm not going to get into their positions or their roster constructions. Just who would you rather have? And I'm sorry, that that is not a valid response. I'm going to need you to type out the person's. Okay, so the response is in. Okay. Um, Professor John, who would you rather have? I honestly don't know from a fantasy standpoint, so I'm just going to say I like Chet better. He can play defense. Um, That's the correct answer. That's well, not not in this game show because he went with Paulo because he's a homer. But that's the correct answer in real life because I also have Chet ranked higher. He's the Chet got hurt last night, so uh, I'm taking the guy who's healthy. Oh, that's right, he did get hurt. Oh my god, I forgot about that. I mean, if we find out that that was like a broken leg or an Achilles tear, then sure. Then yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, and I will say this, I I actually think, you know, Jed Ross King may have a better argument uh, for Paolo from a fantasy standpoint. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. I just like Chet better. And I, and I, well, here's the single biggest argument going against Chet, even though I picked him. He plays for Oklahoma City Thunder, who pretty much shut down anyone good at the trade deadline or sooner. And they, they've done it for the past two or three seasons um, since they made that weird eight seed playoff run with Chris Paul. Ever since they shut down with like 20 games to go, anybody who's doing anything valuable. So Chet might only have 60 games and that's if he stays healthy for all 60 games. And he does have a very weird body construction. So you don't necessarily know whether uh, how he holds up in the NBA. Um, I just... I don't know. I I have never liked Paolo as a player. <laughs> so we had this we had this debate the last time we podcasted, and I, I gave a very good 
explanation of why I had Chet like literally one spot above Paulo, and it was because of the sort of logjam of of big men in Orlando versus like no one on the Thunder roster besides Giddy and and Shea. But you're man, Professor John. Now you're making me question myself. Now you make me think. Yeah, Paulo's just going to be like the number one option on that team the whole season, whereas like. Shay and Giddy are, are sort of like the de facto dudes and they'll just shut down Chet the moment he like has a hiccup. <sighs> Man. Yeah. I don't even know if I have to say anything because I feel like my argument's been made for me. Yeah, now you're swinging me. God, oh, God damn it. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tinker with these, but that, I mean, you could make cases against either guy, honestly. They didn't interview Paulo. They were going to take him. They didn't even interview him in person. What? Like, what? <sighs> God, that boggles my brain. Uh, I mean, from a basketball standpoint, from, you know, who would I have drafted that type of thing? Definitely Chet. But from a, uh, from a fantasy standpoint, I mean, I'm literally like struggling to make an argument for how Chet is going to outscore Paolo in fantasy. <laughs> I, I, I think I can, I think I got that wrong, but I just, I preferred Chet as a just as a player. I did too, but man, I got to see how that injury is. Maybe I'll drop him. All right, we're <laughs> gonna get through some quicker ones, but to make it more difficult, I'm now going to toss in three names. Oh okay. boy! But you got to be somewhat rapid fire about this, so we can get a couple more in. All right, all these players make 14 million dollars. They are all 30 or younger. Would you rather have any of these three big men? Christian Wood, Jonas Valanciunas, or Wendell Carter Jr. Now, um, there is an actual correct answer to this, and I will explain why once the written response has been entered. Sorry, can you repeat the can you repeat those names one more time? Christian Wood, Jonas Valanciunas, okay. and Wendell Carter Jr. They all make $14 million. They are all 30 and younger. And they are pretty comparable fantasy-wise from previous season, and they all basically play center. Okay, the response is in. Professor John, who would you rather have of those three gentlemen? Uh, Christian Wood, because he's the only other reliable scorer in Dallas other than, I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie has had good seasons before. We obviously know that everything's running through Luka, but Spencer Dinwiddie is basically like, you know, he's like Luca without an outside shot. He's like not well, not just like Luca, but like his style of play, not his talent, clearly, but his style of play is like Luca's without an outside shot. So um yeah, I'm thinking Christian Wood and and just the effect of like he's actually gonna be playing with Luca. Uh, I don't know. Both of those things are better. You look at uh Valanciunas in New Orleans. I mean, I'm, I still am not going to believe Zion's actually back until he's actually playing <laughs> um, in the regular season. But Zion's coming back. Presumably also the the distribution on that offense changed rapidly after the McCollum trade anyway. So, I mean, I, I've always liked Jonas Valanciunas as a player, but I feel like thing wonky things are going to happen with his role and then Wendell Carter is in the same log jam in Orlando that we've been talking about. And Paolo may actually, you know, get more offensive usage. Carter will probably be more efficient and will play defense. He'll be 
trying to clean up all Paolo's defensive mistakes. Um, but I don't think that outscores Paolo in fantasy. You were so close to getting the answer right. I think the answer is Christian Wood, but not for the reasons you said. It's because he's in a contract year. That's the reason. Uh, JRK uh, said Jonas, but that's not correct because he's not in a contract year. Now, we all know players are way better when they're in contract years, and you should be hunting them, just like spearfishing, just trying to get every contract year guy because. Well, then explain James Harden last year. No, he's in a he's in a contract year now. But he he took a pay cut this year, so he was. But he also gets to to. It's like a player option. It's like a he gets right. to so like, he was in a contract last year. Last year, he got traded. He got in I, contract whatever. Again, he, he had an dealt. awful last year when he was in a contract year. Your theory does not hold up. He put up more <laughs> points than Carl Anthony Towns, and he's getting paid less this year. Uh, JRK, why did you pick? Jonas? I'm going to be very honest about this. I need to think about this one a little longer. I know. I didn't give (laughs) you a lot of time. I picked Jonas because he was a key piece of a team that won the title in our fantasy league last year, and that's my team. He was often in my lineup. Christian Wood, uh, Wendell Carter, we're never in it. Wendell Carter is also in a log jam. I don't really trust Christian Wood. I'm going with Jonas. It's not anything. I don't have like a long uh, uh, explanation as to why that's fair. He, he did well for me last year. We're going with him. That, and I don't think that not enough has changed in New Orleans to make me want to uh, to go away from him to reconsider. I, honestly, that's fair because Jonas was also on Professor John's team when he won. He's been remarkably great and yep. a, and a really good value. He actually put up more points than those other two guys, Jonas, um, and a higher average last season so i wouldn't be like angry if you took Jonas. i'm just the slight edge for me is like Jonas is just there and he's like yeah he's there christian wood is like you got dealt and you're playing for the next deal my dude like you're 26 you're playing for like the next basically the last big dollar deal of your life you better kill it with luca and i think you will I love it. No rebuttals. They all agree. All right. I don't think this is the last one. Maybe this is the last one. We'll see. We'll see how you both are feeling on time. These three gentlemen all make $30 million or more. dollars. They are all 25 or younger. And they all are remarkably good. Would you rather have any of the three players I'm going to name? Donovan Mitchell, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, or Devin Booker? Oh, that's, oh God. For the audience, I will repeat. These three players make 30 million or more. Well, Booker makes 33, but the other two make 30. They're all 25 or younger. Donovan Mitchell, Shea, Gilgis, Alexander, or Devin Booker? Sorry, how much were each of them making? Because I don't remember off the top of my head. Basically the same, 30 million. Okay, the response is in. Professor John, who would you rather have? Um, going with Spider. Y'all know I'm a big Spider fan. Um, but the big part of it is that um, whether he's on the Knicks, as people suspect, whether he's on another team or whether he remains with the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell is going to be 
you know, the one or one A scoring option on that team. He's going to be the high usage, high volume score. That's not to say the other guys are not going to, but you know, after their playoff disappointment of last year, Phoenix may decide they want to conserve Devin Booker for the playoffs more. Um, that's just a more loaded roster overall that they, you know, you, you, they're not going to necessarily always be relying on Devin Booker to the extent that whatever team, uh, Donovan Mitchell is on will be relying on him. And then Shea is just that OKC factor of like, he is routinely shut down with almost half a season to go when he just turns an angle. Um, I just do not tr- like Shea, great fantasy pick. Like I think half the league was going to pick him in the first round last year and he went number five right before me and through I want to say like early February it was like I think he had like a rough first two weeks and then like after that it was through early February it was just like yep that's exactly why I want to draft him and then he turns an ankle or something and he's out the rest of the year Oklahoma City is not going to bring him back the CIA put a bag over his head and you never saw from him again the written response was Devin Booker I I can't argue against that, but I want to hear what he what his logic was. It basically comes down to this. When you look at, we'll start with Shea. When you look at Shea, I, I think I think when you put these three guys out on the court and say they're all going to play eighty two games and they're they're all going to you know get the get the usage they've gotten in the past, I I think it, they come out pretty equal. But. I don't think Shea Gilders plays 82 games in OKC because they are notorious for shutting their guys down early, as we talked about earlier. And I don't know where Donovan Mitchell's going to end up. If he ends up staying with Utah and he's seen as a trade asset towards the end of the season, Utah's out of the playoffs, they may shut him down once fantasy playoffs roll around. And then you have so that they can keep him healthy to be traded in the offseason. Devin Booker is going to play. Yeah, will he have maybe a game off here and there? Sure. But for the overall... Uh, season, he is going to play more than either of the other two players, and for that reason, that's why I picked him. That's fair. That's fair. I I also will say I probably went hard overhead on this one, um, but it was between Booker and Spot. I didn't really even consider Shea because of the shutdown factor. Um, as a basketball asset, if you know, if I could put him on a different situation, Shea may be the best basketball player in terms of well-rounded of all of them. That's because, true. I, I agree with that, but it's like but, we just said, it's the OKC thing. Yeah. It, like he may, he may turn out to have the, be the best basketball player of any of the three, but we won't know until he's actually playing on a contender, which he hasn't done since he was like a second year player on the Clippers. Right. Oh, the forgotten Clippers years. Fun fact. Uh, the higher per game average last season was Shea. But the most total points was Booker. But that doesn't factor in if Donovan Mitchell ends up on the Knicks, he will light up Madison Square Garden in a way that he never got to do in Utah because he plays in Utah. Um, gentlemen, I don't have a great another would you rather. I have just like a bunch of like more rookies or sort of like a who who bounces back like Suggs, Okongu, or Vassal? I don't know if that's as interesting. You know, do you want to do like a who'd you rather, Keegan Murray or Benedict Mathurin? I mean, we could kind of do this stuff all day, but uh, I'm sort of out of steam. 
Any any final thoughts? Any anything anyone would like to say? Any questions? Would would you rather to both of you? And since this isn't real real part of the game, I don't care if somebody writes it. I'm not on anything. Would you rather play in the Drew League or at the crossover tournament? Drew League. Yeah, Drew League. I'm a crossover guy. I want to play at Rucker Park. Same. But that's, that, that's, I mean, Rucker's like a, it's an iconic place. It's like playing baseball. And uh, obviously this is a little bit different because these are real baseballs, like major league baseball stadiums, but getting to play at like a Fenway or something like that. Like it, it holds that same kind of like aura about it, even though it's not a real NBA uh, court. I feel like I could walk to Rucker Park right now. I'm not going to because I'm going to go to after this, but okay. does no one want to join me? You, anyone want to take a flight and just just walk to it with me? By the time I got there, it'd be like four o'clock in the morning. Cowards. Yeah. I think I said crossover because Seattle is such a basketball starved city right now. They would they would appreciate it more than Drew League. Yeah, they got basketball starved. They got their they got their game, and then it had to be uh, called because of condensation. It's not great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, great stuff, everyone. <laughs> I may or may not have knocked my microphone over, and then <laughs> had to like quickly plug it in, and hope you two were do we're still talking. Good job, proud of you for doing that. Hey, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. If you Hang got on. This far. Wait, 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 wait. God. Because I, I want to throw one out there real quick for the two of you. Because I just want to see what, what the answer ends up being. And I'm not going to do Carl Anthony Towns and James Harden. That would be hilarious, even though we know what the answer is going to be. It's going to be something different. And it's going to, I picked these two guys for a certain reason. And I think. I know Jared will probably get it right away. All right, come on. But, Jared, you be the one to message me, and then, John, you give the oh answer. Oh, God. LaMelo Ball or John Moran? <laughs> what? That's not a serious – get out of here. Yeah, that's a serious question. No, it's not. Who would you take? These players aren't even in the same round. One of them they is the aren't? number one overall pick, and another guy is like – the fourth overall pick, according to your rankings. Those aren't final yet. Um, no, this is that's a stupid, silly question. Damn it. I thought you were going to do like a big troll question or something. Get out of here. I'm not even going to respond to that. John, answer for me. Lamella Ball. Boom. <laughs> End of the show. That's it, folks. Boom. <laughs> You can follow me on Twitter at Jared Russo. You can follow him at Jared Ross King. You cannot follow Professor John because he does not want you to follow him. <laughs> He's just still laughing because he said Lamelo Ball. What a joke! <laughs> no Miles Bridges. Dude can play defense, which Jaw cannot, and. Yeah, I think uh, I think after last season, a lot of people are going to load up on Jaw, and Josh still didn't have an outside shot. Lamelo's got a better outside shot. Defense does not matter 
in fantasy sports. But outside shots do. And actually, we are in a two-point steal and two-point block league. And when you're as good as LaMelo Ball is on defense, yeah. Why didn't he do as well as Ja last season? Fine for me. He missed some time. He also was sharing the offensive load with Miles Bridges last year. That's not going to be an issue this year. All right, I looked it up. I'm so so happy with that answer. Rucker Park is a 45-minute walk from where I live. Go. All right, we'll go. Take a picture and then send it to us, then go back and go home. Uh, No. So that's it for the show. Thank you for listening. I don't think we're going to be monthly much longer. I think we might creep towards once every other week in September. Yes. And then I think weekly come October. Yep. And uh, hopefully we will start sending out some surveys soon to get our league on board with two points for an assist because I think it is criminal that we have not gotten there already. Also, if you're listening to ESPN, please add, uh, instead of point per reception, point per first down. And also add best ball, which is the matchup just automatically takes the, the top scores. This is basketball. What are we doing? Just putting it out into the ether. Hopefully someone will respond to my messages at ESPN. ESPN, add deductions for flopping. Yes. that's I like that too. <laughs> then James Harden definitely is not going to outscore Chicago. <laughs> my God. I'm going to be so curious when, when we send Professor John the sort of final like ranking. And he just looks over and just laughs at us and he's like, you idiots, like you, you got all of this wrong. Jacob Bartle's not number one. What is up with this list? Jakob, Jakob Pertle. Oh, you know what I could have done? I could have done an interesting Jakob versus RJ Barrett because they're both making more or less the same amount. And they're basically kind of like in the same grouping, but I for one choose death. I'm right there with you. All right, let's end the show. Whoever's running this Zoom call, end it. Okay. I have ice cream to eat. Uh, I, I actually do too. What kind of ice what cream? Fl- what fl- yo, oh, mint, uh, mint <laughs> chocolate chip. I got, I got this, uh, like, it's this Jimmy Fallon, uh, Ben and Jerry's thing. It's Jim, Jimmy Fallon, whatever, but it tastes good. I like a good tonight pistachio dough. too. The Tonight Dough, that's what it is. I like the Stephen Colbert one better. I haven't had that one. Americone Dream, John, it's great. John, what kind of ice cream are you going to eat? Oh, I'm not eating ice cream. Boo. What, boo? I'm ending this. Boo. End it. <laughs>